Good morning, Kyle. How are you? Good morning, Donnie. Doing well? Oh, you know, living the dream right now, man. Are you? Yeah, I get to talk about PlayStation stuff. I'm stoked. Oh, this is good (laughs) stuff. This is going to be titled PlayStation Experience Zero, or as I call it, PSXP Outbreak Day. Oh, that's good. good. Yeah, I like that. I was like, oh, that's good. That's gold. Podcast gold. That's what we live for. (laughs) Um... My name is Donnie Reese, and here on this episode of PSXB Zero, it's kind of like a like a special episode. We didn't really know how we were going to release it. Uh, we've done this so over the years. We have game-focused shows where we want to just dive into one specific game or do like a review or things like that. And um, I brought Kyle here with me, as you heard already. So hi, Kyle. Hello, I'm sir. Bored with video games. I, um, to be honest with you. There's not much like that I can set up. I just want to talk about the last. <laughs> that's, I don't that's think there's all, anything wrong with that at all. That's all this comes down to. I uh, we had the trailer that came out last week, and I just couldn't get enough of all of the talking, all of the podcasts, all of the coverage, and I wanted to go on PSVG, and they said no. I don't even think they even <laughs> talked about it. I got to listen to you talk to Josh about it, which I just wanted to be there, so mm-hmm. I could talk. <laughs> And I was like, we're going to do this. Um, we are retooling our PlayStation show. So the PlayStation experience has been uh, a kind of in, in a, I don't know, hibernation. It's just kind of been on hiatus here for the last couple of weeks as we, we look to bring in some new folks. We have a new host. might do some new music. We've got some new things that are coming out. We're hoping to kind of, I don't know, relaunch, rebrand, or just kind of get it, get it going again um, after... Uh, Seth and Justin are still here. They're not leaving or anything. They're just really, really busy. Seth and Justin just had a kid. Seth's got school and, and family and just needed some juice. We got to get some juice back into that product. So hopefully you will be hearing from those guys very soon. Guys and girls, maybe. I, I don't know exactly what I can say. I can't <laughs> I can't announce names or anything. <laughs> All I can announce is that there will be a weekly PlayStation show coming back to the PSVG Podcast Network very soon. Which I'm very excited about. Me too. So this is awesome. I mean, they've got a, a lot of runway ahead of them. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a big year. It's a big year for PlayStation. So that's where I, I and you know, at first, you know, like as, as folks, involvement ebbs and flows, I'm always like, look, don't force it if you're not doing it. Like, take some weeks off, go monthly, you know, but not not now. Now I'm like, no, no, we can't. We can't let this. <laughs> we can't do this now. Like, we're about to launch a new console. <laughs> right. We need, we need people talking about it. Just because... Everyone who works at PlayStation is leaving doesn't mean <laughs> that our, our PlayStation podcast can leave for a while. Mm. Yeah, I need somebody to tell me all these people's names and what they mean. <laughs> Who's replacing it? Um, anyway, let's get on with the get on with the show proper. It's early. We're recording early, so if I sound like I just woke up, it's because I just woke up. I just slammed my coffee mug into my microphone. That's what you just heard. That's new for me. That's a first. Kyle, I want to talk about The Last of Us. Um, I want to go over some of the timeline here because I think it's very, I think it's very interesting. All right, mm-hmm. The Last of Us, the game, was released in July, June fourteenth, twenty thirteen. 
Mm-hmm. By the time we get the sequel, part two, it'll have been almost seven years. Yep. That feels like forever. <laughs> it does feel like forever, definitely. Keeping in mind, though, for Naughty Dog, there was, you know, Last of Us DLC, Uncharted 4, mm-hmm. Lost Legacy, and now this. So it's not like they're not doing anything. No, absolutely not. No, they've been cranking out stuff, and I think that's why... I actually think that's why it feels more like forever. I think that's... They, compared to other studios in the PlayStation, mm-hmm. they crank out games. Like, that's what they do. And a lot has been said about that and crunch and all that, but they crank out games. Yeah. If you'd have told me when I bought my PlayStation 4 that I wouldn't be playing The Last of Us Part 2 until 2020, I wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> I'm not lying. Like I, I would have been like, I'll wait. I'll just wait, because I was sure. I was sure the day that I picked that up, two, three years tops, I'll totally be playing this game. Were you surprised then that they went Uncharted 4 instead of Last of Us 2? I was, only because at that time, if in... I don't follow the inside knowledge as much as you, so you can probably mm-hmm. correct me here. But at the time, I believe what what we learned from like Grounded and a lot of the a lot of the the news coverage of Naughty Dog after The Last of Us is they split into two teams. They're almost running right. dual studios. Yep. So I thought that those games were being developed in conjunction with one another, and then Amy left, and there was all kinds of rumors and scuttlebutt about the the thing, and then it seems like Neil. And Bruce stepped in, and they they started Uncharted, and they finished Uncharted. Yeah, and that probably yeah. delayed, you know, this project. I think that's pretty certain that that happened. Though, yeah. you know, afterwards there has been conversation as to whether they even thought they were going to do a second one. Mm. So, mm. you know, some it's it seems like potentially there was some resistance to do it, whereas others had ideas right away about what a second one could be. So I think. I don't know that they were definitely jumping into development of the second one, <clears throat> excuse me, but I, I I do think that there was probably something else going on along with Uncharted 4 for a while. Sure. So. I could also imagine that they probably, they probably, they may have like, and I'm just postulating here, I'm literally just guessing, hypotheticals. I could see this game being something that they rewrite a lot. Mm-hmm. Judging on what we know about it now, which we're going to get into this trailer and whatnot, what we think we know anyway. Right. Like, there, there's a lot that's gone into this. A lot. So, I mean, it's taken its time. I'm, I'm okay with having waited. I can't wait to play it. Um, it's just, it's something that I, I always, I, I'm pretty sure if you go back in PSVG's archives, I'm pretty sure you can find me at some PlayStation experience, some E3 thing, being like, we're going to play The Last of Us in 2015. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be 2016. <laughs> I'm telling you, 2017 at the latest. It's got to be 2018, right? 2019? Like it's got to be there. It's got to be there year after year. Me saying that this is gonna come, this game's gonna come. <laughs> the, they dropped the remaster June 29th, 2014. So that was you know shortly thereafter the launch of the PlayStation 4, which I think most people, a lot of people, replayed. We see that from the sales numbers. Mm-hmm. They unveiled part two at the PlayStation Experience in December of 2016. This was the trailer where we saw uh, Joel. And we saw Ellie, and she was sitting on the bed playing guitar. Yep. And um, very cinematic. We got a gameplay trailer, um, or at least, no, a cinematic trailer at Paris mm-hmm. Games Week in October of 2017. So we've been hearing about this game. We've been seeing this game for three plus years now at this point, like with all these different trailers and these breadcrumbs that they kind of right. dropping along the way. This trailer was the one where it was, it was like, a, it's like a torture scene. It was raining. Yep. 
I will never forget seeing this because when I saw it, I was like, it's got to be The Last of Us. Just because of the the, the, like the tone, like the way it looked. Right. It's, like, it's got to be The Last of Us. But we didn't see any recognizable character. Correct. And we didn't know who they were. And, and it's pretty brutal, actually. It's a very yeah. brutal trailer. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, I don't know what this game. This is this is this trailer still sticks out to me as I I don't think I know as much about The Last of Us 2 as I think a lot of people think they they do. Right. It's like a weird thing. Every time I every time I feel like I've got a good hold on what what we're about to see. I remember this trailer and that there's all these people in these things that are happening that I don't know. Yeah. And I, if I recall correctly, there's a lot of people that are like postulated maybe that the, the lady in the trailer was Ellie's mom. Yep. Or that was very Joel's common wife. Thought. And like they can't, there's a lot of facts. Like it could be backstory, it could be brand new characters, but this is, you know, it's completely different. And then we finally saw the gameplay reveal trailer at E3 last year. This is the, uh, the, the barn trailer where we get to, we're introduced to Dina mm-hmm. and Ellie. And I just rewatched this trailer as much has been said about this trailer already on board of video games. Uh, can you, can you like just lay that out for me and as to what the, so, and this isn't a, a thought unique to, you know, Josh is definitely sure. the person who talks about this often, but it's definitely not a thought unique to him. Uh, cause there was even other developers who were commenting on this after, the gameplay reveal. I remember thinking it when we were watching it, (laughs) that this can't be real. This can't be what the game is like. This can't be how the animations are. This can't be uh, a a genuine, honest representation of what we're going to be playing when this game releases. So, you know, there's a lot to do about game trailers and whether, is it okay to be aspirational? Sure. Is that a thing you can do? If this is what we are trying to do, or this is what we are trying to achieve. Yeah. Uh, are they trying to, when showing a gameplay trailer, are, is it okay to be tonally, this is what we're trying to set. We're trying to set, like, a dressing or an understanding of what this world and environment are going to be like, or is that being dishonest, you know? And I, I think it's a difficult situation for game developers to be in, especially if you think about, well, right now, yeah, this works, but then if the scope of the game gets so big that we can't quite process as many frames or whatever else, we have to cut things back sure. because things change totally in game development. So. I'm maybe a little more forgiving for all people, like in all developers when it comes to this, because I tend to think of trailers as aspirational. This is what they want to accomplish. And I make my final judgments when we see release trailers and things much closer to release about what the game is actually going to look like. Um, They're just advertisements. They're just advertisements. That's all they are. Yeah. And I, I don't think they should purposefully be misleading. Sure. I, you know, I, that I don't think they should do. And maybe I am just too um, th- positive thinking that they would never purposely do that. Uh, but yeah, like you said, their advertisements are. And for me, I just see them as aspirational of what they're trying to accomplish. And yeah, I mean, their job when they show us these game slices is to to get us excited and to get mm-hmm. us invested into into the development and hopefully to buy the product. So, you know, you don't want to you don't want to see like dev kit footage of things being broken like you don't want to show that you don't show that um but i I understand a lot of people will always pull out the comparisons and we have digital foundry to do all the hard work for us and we can see that and they have a little bit with you know the most recent trailer compared to that and Mm -hmm. they didn't say much about it because they didn't have direct feed you know they they weren't playing themselves they couldn't run the stuff themselves but initially looks pretty promising so i watched this trailer this morning um, right Mm -hmm. before we recorded and 
a few things stuck out with me, but just to keep it on this topic, I think, I don't know if, if what they showed was actually game, like, running. The animations and everything v- feel very, very fluid. But mm-hmm. I also think that, I, I think Naughty Dog has significant chops. I would probably call them the best studio in the business. If they're not the best, they are as equal or right there with anybody that I think you could, you know, put up there. Right. There were moments in Uncharted 4 where the game goes from scripted cutscene animation to gameplay that you don't realize you now have control of the character. So I've already had that experience. Mm -hmm. So when they show it to me, so like when Ellie is holding an infected and she's got a knife in like the side of its neck. Mm-hmm. And then she lays it down, and then she starts walking into the forest. That feels very uncharted. That feels Naughty Dog. Like I've seen that animation before. Oh yeah. I, you know, so it's like I think that's real. Well, well, and for better or for worse, you know, Naughty Dog as a studio has always favored, or at least in their recent pedigree, favored animation and fluidity of animation over tightness of combat. Right. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So. Definitely. I think they definitely are willing to potentially sacrifice your ability to have the, you know, that's the one knock on Naughty Dog games. Usually it's the combat. I think they're willing to sacrifice that a little bit to ensure animations complete and like all of those things happen. So those things might be real, but when you play the game, you might realize it's not exactly actually how you would want it. And, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's the thing we'll have to wait and find out. Another thing that trailer is that trailer showed us like proning. You know, she gets down in the grass. Yep. She crawls under a truck. Yep. You know that you see the enemy AI talk to one another and and mm-hmm. hatch a plan to find you. Mm-hmm. These are all things that are confirmed by the latest trailer, which is absolutely real. Right. So even if it was aspirational or like canned video that they layered a HUD over, I think they've made good on their promise because you see in the latest trailer, the environments look incredibly lush and beautiful mm-hmm. and proning and running around and having some agency in these areas looks incredibly you know like player choice like it looks like it runs well and the enemy ai is there right so whether whether or not that trailer was real or not we won't know until we play the game yep i'm gonna say it was i think it was having watched i think it's weird because when you watch that first trailer back then i i wasn't alone i remember when we were watching i was like man this might be a ps5 game because at the time (laughs) at the time we hadn't seen anything on playstation 4 that looked like that not even right. Uncharted 4 like looked that good. No. Um, but then you see the trailers that came out last week, and they're absolutely PlayStation footage. We've had mm-hmm. people hands-on. They've played it. They all confirmed it. Having seen what they just showed off, I mean, yeah, I think it's totally plausible. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did watch the old, the I watched all the trailers, previous trailers to prep for this, and then, you know, really honed in on that E3 trailer and the most recent one. And maybe I'm just getting too old. It's really hard for me to notice these minute differences that other people catch these days. And I just might be getting too old that I can't tell anymore. That it just looks really nice. And <laughs> it think, looks like something I want to play. <laughs> I'm always wondering like if I'm just so bought in that I don't like you just don't want you don't watch with that kind of eye. And that could be. I 100% could be having a fanboy bias for this 100%. Yeah. I fully admit that. Uh but you know, in, in looking at it, it just looks like a really, it looks really good. So, so last week we got the state of play and they dropped a new trailer and we're going to talk about that a lot. So I'm just going to move on. But again, to refocus 
the reason why I asked if you wanted to have this conversation is it it dawns on me PSVG started in February of 2016 mm -hmm. three years after we played The Last of Us mm -hmm. I have replayed this game multiple times we've talked about it not in depth but we've mentioned it over the years of how much we enjoy this game or like this game or replaying the game or looking forward to the new game but right. we've never actually sat down and talked about The Last of Us We've, we've never had a conversation on PSVG, not just us, anybody. Right. I don't think anybody has ever actually sat down and talked about it because it's it's never been in the news. It's never been in the buzz, you know, while we've been doing this. And I, mm -hmm. I really wanted to. So that's what I wanted to do. I want to talk about The Last of Us. Just we'll, we'll comb through the trailer. We won't, like, break it down beat by beat. There's plenty of coverage. I've already done that this past week. Um, I want to start I want to start by talking about the first game. Mm -hmm. um, most people have listened to our network for a while. They already know this is game is top tier for me favorite game of all time favorite game playstation i mean it's right there i always say it's breath of the wild it's wind waker and it's the last of us and there are, are no other games that come close to these three in my mind whenever somebody goes what's your favorite game i have three games to offer and that's it and up until the breath of the wild came out it was two i had two games <laughs> there were two games that i thought were way better than anything else and to say that I've been excited about The Last of Us Part Two, um, it's just kind of an understatement. I can't get enough of it. I'm so excited to go back to this, and I think it's really, really cool that you and Josh are actually going back to this now. Mm -hmm. Josh is going to be playing The Last of Us for the first time. Uh, he just yep. started last night. He did. I want to talk about this for a minute. Now, I don't. I, don't, I hope he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> and until he beats the game, because we're, we're going to talk spoilers, or at least it's probably going to come up. So, Josh, just know that if you listen to it, things might be spoiled for you. Yes. I'm hesitant or reluctant to hear his thoughts about playing The Last of Us. Um, because, I've, I've said this a bunch, I feel like it's so hard to appreciate what The Last of Us was when it launched mm -hmm. on PlayStation 3 in right. 2017, 2018, or 2019. Because The Last of Us, in my opinion, changed, I think, changed how PlayStation looks at launching internal exclusive games. Oh, for sure. And at the time, The Last of Us was, when it launched on PlayStation 3, at the time, in my opinion, it was just a blockbuster. It was a juggernaut. It blew everything away. There were no game that I felt like went as far, had as much polish, looked as good, did what it was trying to do as well third-person par action game mm -hmm. like The Last of Us did. But now, after Horizon and after Spider-Man and all that, now when you go back, it definitely, like, it shows its age. Like, you realize this is an older game, you know? And that's why I'm really excited about The Last of Us Part Two because I think they're going to, like, you can see that that's the brass ring that they're reaching. They're trying to one-up all of the other things that they've done, of course. That's, that's their business, but uh, I'm just, I'm a little reluctant because I, I feel like I feel like I'm embracing for the board with video games episode where Josh goes, I don't understand why Donnie likes this game so much. <laughs> and that might happen, yeah. but you know, and that's okay because not everyone needs to like every game sure. and that's totally cool. There are, I think some legitimate beefs that can be had with the last of us as far as a game goes, but overall I think it is an absolute masterwork of, of a game. And again, that could be my bias showing. I do enjoy Donnie dog, but I actually prefer Uncharted to The Last of Us, hmm. um, just because it, I the, I was with the characters longer. I like yeah. the pulpy action of what the Uncharted is. Uh, the Last of Us is a excellent game. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to be like, oh, I liked playing it. 
it's an experience and I'm going to do it again since Josh is replaying. I said I would play it again and I have played it completely through, I think, three times total. So this would be four, I think. Um, so obviously I like it quite a bit. Yeah. You know, but for me, it I, I really enjoy the game. I don't think I'm as high on it quite as everyone else's, but I still think, especially from a storytelling perspective, from the nuances with the characters, I think they do a lot of things really, really well. Uh, and I think a lot of the foundation there obviously was, you know, built with what they did with Uncharted. But yeah, I, I still think it is one of those games that sets apart, like you said, what PlayStation first parties can do and really kind of did start to set the groundwork for PlayStation first party games are basically now third person action games. Some I think of them bigger, some of them said, smaller, but yeah, that's about it. I think after The Last of Us, Shuhei or somebody, Layden, whoever, they clearly said, we need to make more of these. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely what happened, because now they just crank them out studio after studio. And it's great. They sell. People like them. Single player focus. Like They, they kind of have the market cornered on this. Yeah, they really do. They make them, you know, they pretty much make the best of these types of games. So, they do. And, as, you know, and that's probably as a why I gravitate towards PlayStation, because that mm-hmm. is my favorite genre of game. So the first game. Mm-hmm. I feel like when a lot of people, I don't, I don't really want to like review it. Mm, I don't even know if I even want to say this. <laughs> typically, when people point out negatives about the first game, it's typically aimed at the gameplay. Yep. You know, the gameplay isn't uh, the shooting isn't as tight as other other shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I even myself, I have, I think they do like the whole ladder cart trick way too much to pull <laughs> yes, that uncharted do. thing. Like there's a constantly go pick up the ladder, pick up the board, bring it right. over here, do the puzzle. Um, Apparently. Ellie can't swim. Ellie can't <laughs> Conveniently. swim. Conveniently. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I realized that um, at the time, though, I never thought of any of that when I played it. Because at the time, I, I I don't know. Maybe it was wrong. Maybe I just didn't have as much like as much chops in terms of playing a lot of things. Uh, I was in college when this game came out and played, and when I played it. So I wasn't playing as many things as I was playing now. But, man... I'm, I'm trying to put myself back in my shoes when I played it in 2013. In 2013, mm-hmm. when I played The Last of Us and beat it, it, like, the shooting was as good as most third-person shooters that I could remember playing. Like, maybe something was maybe marginally better, but it wasn't like it was egregiously bad to play. At the time, I thought it played as good as anything else that I've ever played. Yeah, I... I, I think a lot of it comes down to, kind of like I said before, just the finishing of animations and things there there it's not quite as snappy and tight the animations are longer i think in general sure so it seems like your ability to get into cover and then snap and shoot and things like that seem longer and more laborious as you're going through them and i gotcha you could argue if you wanted to that like people do for resident evil games all the time or the old resident evil games well that's what leads to the atmosphere that's yeah. what makes it feel and in a know. lot of ways that's what i'm thinking of what right. i'm trying to think of like like similar games like this mm-hmm. game shoots as well as any resident evil game has right. ever shot yeah. <laughs> like the shooting is just as good as any of them in my opinion which is funny because i went back and tried to replay resident evil 4 for the first time in a while and man the shooting in that game is trash <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's best on wii because of the pointer oh, controls it's best on me because of that so that's what i'm thinking it's it's weird it's um i don't want to sound like a fanboy but i'm gonna say it 
I feel like when people say those types of things about The Last of Us, I think it's a post-reaction. I think it's more of a reaction to people like me going, this is my favorite game of all time. Mm -hmm. So there are people trying to find something really bad to say about it. And it's not that I say... I'm not trying to make the case that the shooting is like the best in the world. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. I think you can point out gameplay flaws, the AI, oh, like sure. Ellie never getting seen and thing like right. I'm totally fine with that. I just don't think in comparison to what games were like on the PlayStation, like have you booted up a PlayStation three? Like the OS barely runs. Have you played some games like that? It's <laughs> if you go back and play some games, go play resistance right. and stuff like that. Like right at the time I was like, man, this is as good as it gets. Right. Well, and I think the, things to consider too is you know yeah ellie never gets seen could you imagine how frustrating it how would be it if would she be. did get seen yeah. you know well make the ai better that probably is the best they could do at exactly the time, you know so there are saying that yes the combat isn't great or isn't as good as the rest of the game obviously there's always going to be a weakest part yeah so and in that game that is the weakest part of it but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad but the stealth and the melee combat and the gameplay of that that's as good as like I'm not a stealth connoisseur I haven't played them all but the stealth games that I did play I've played a little Splinter Cell in my day I've played some stuff man Mm -hmm. it's as good as it gets I at least at least I thought it my opinion at the time it released all this stuff was top class yeah I thought I think the stealth is good for sure uh you know and for better or for worse I think often third person action games often when it comes to shooting get compared to things like Gears of War and yeah, well, the games, these games are so different, very different. But does the shooting feel anything like that? No, it very clearly does not. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the snap into cover and all those things, and it's just a completely different style of game. I don't even like shooting in The Last of Us too much. Yeah. Well, I'm a strict melee player most of the time. If I can melee mm-hmm. kill folks, I'm going to. Like that's been and established. I, and I definitely do that too. Like if I pull out my guns, it's a last resort type yeah. of situation. It's, usually it's for me. things have been spotted, things are falling mm-hmm. apart, and I've got to like you know make some room i'm gonna give myself some space most of the time i'm trying to play this game like steven seagal man i am in and out of every little box and behind every little corner and wall like i'm trying to be silent um i like how that's how where you went with that with steven seagal (laughs) (laughs) i just try to think of those movies man i'm like cart to cart you know like trying to hide it's very different when i'm playing uncharted because when i'm uncharted i am running gun Mm-hmm. I am just tossing grenades and pulling out machine guns and just right. clips and clips and clips. But this game, and I think it goes to the atmosphere that the game, I mean, because that's what I want to start with, really. So I've got the notes that I put up for like just some talking points that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. On my desk here, I just wrote down some thoughts that I want to try and cover. The first thing that I wrote, and I don't think this should come as a surprise considering what I do and some of the things that I gravitate towards, like with horror movies and into the world movies, is that I am incredibly infatuated with the world building and the environment and the setting that The Last of Us has. I love that nature has reclaimed cities and Mm -hmm. has taken over, and I think it makes for a gorgeous set piece. Um, And it's probably might be the first thing that, when I first saw it at whatever E3 they unveiled, I want to say 2011 maybe. I remember Mm -hmm. that trailer where they had, he was dragging Ellie around, you know, on the the board. Uh, Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was so enthralled and I was like, this is Mm -hmm. the game I've always wanted because we've had post-apocalyptic games, but in a lot of ways, those like, like the zombie games and stuff, like you don't really get to see society a whole lot. You know, like if if I'm going to keep using Resident Evil because it's just on the mind, but when you play Resident Evil, you know, like you just have zombies 
Yep. And you just have houses. And they look like, like if you remove the zombies, they just look like houses. Maybe a car's on fire or something. Like that's maybe as atmospheric as we really get. You know, like some rain. But this is like, no, no, no. Society has collapsed. <laughs> Buildings are falling apart. You know, right. plumbing has exploded. Like it's flooding streets and cauldrons. And, you know, like they're collapsing into each other. And the vegetation has overgrown parts of it. And just... The way it looks visually, just the environments, just hooked me from the very start, and uh, I still think it's absolutely gorgeous. Even the, like the gory or gruesome parts of the games, the the infected, the cordyceps virus, I think it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning to watch. Um, their zombies are better than other zombies. Like it's not mm-hmm. just the Romero. Like they took an idea, but they totally made it their own. Mm-hmm. And they gave it a whole different look and a whole new thing, and it just refreshed the whole thing for me. So it's it's not just another zombie game. It's right. completely different. It stands completely yeah. aside, and I was so infatuated with it. Well, and I think for me, the big a big thing about this is there is this other drama going on in a world that happens to have cordyceps in it, right? Yeah. Kind of in some ways almost like... Eh, it's a little bit different than The Walking Dead because The Walking Dead, you don't really ever find out like why things happen, sure. but it's about the stories that are happening in that world. Parallels. Here you find out, yeah. Here you find out a little bit about it, but it's the stories about these people trying to survive in this world that this thing is going on in, and it's more about these people mm-hmm. than it is. You know, I don't want to spoil the first one a little bit. We're going but, you to, know, like, we're going to. <laughs> Obviously, they're looking. You know, they're trying to figure out what the deal with Ellie is. Like, that's yeah. the thing they're trying to figure out. But I almost think about it in the in the same context. I think of a show. This is going to be a stretch, probably like Battlestar Galactica, right? Sci-fi show. It's in space, but they never really talk about the fact that they're in space. It's about it is just happens to be a drama set in space, mm-hmm. and it's how do you deal with those situations as a result of that? That's it. That's all that it is. And it's this, these stories that are the same stories that we would have in our time, um, but just set in a different place in a different uh, setting that you would. So for me, that's, I think, why I, and especially the opening of the game, it it really gives you a grounding in what, what this is like. And that first 15 minutes of that game helps you understand Joel as a character better than just about the beginning of any game has helped you understand a character ever. It it really helps you understand who Joel is, what his potential motivations are, what his hangups would be as a result of that. But... I think through that, and that's where I think it really, you know, argue if you want to whether video games can tell good stories and all that compared to movies and books. I think this is why everything just fits. They did a great job of making everything make sense in the world that they created. Thematically, things work for that world. Sure. And that's one of my biggest, you know, as someone who plays a lot of board games. I care a lot about theme in board games and the and that the mechanics and mechanisms fit the theme of what the board game has done. And I think for this video game with The Last of Us, Naughty Dog does that spot on. Everything fits with the world that they're in. I think the people that really love this game, they're always going to go first to the story. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Mm-hmm. I love that the game, the game's design, both, both mechanically and um, story beat wise, through the set pieces that they play through the things that you're doing it constantly challenges what i think is like 
well, it constantly challenges you like your own morality. Mm-hmm. It's constantly making you do things that you probably don't want to do a whole lot right. of. And I love that about this game. And I think it, yeah. it adds to the constant tension that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. You can't be the hero. Like you no. can't just come and save the world and, and move on. You know, it's not like Red Dead where you can't like you can't be the, the white hat. You've got to do bad things. You mm-hmm. have to to survive. Like this world is all about survival. It's gruesome and gritty and hard world to live in and to, to do do it like, you know, nice guys finish last. You've got to do these bad things. And I just it provides so much weight. And when you replay it now. Compared to like again, the, the medium has moved on so much, it almost feels like light. Like it's almost like somewhat lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And from the trailers, we talked about the trailer they showed at Paris Games Week, and then the trailer they showed last week, it looks like they are double they're just gonna double down on that aspect for this new game. And I don't know if people are gonna like that. <laughs> I don't think they are. I think it's gonna really challenge what they're willing to sit through because they're gonna be like, oh, I don't really wanna see this, I don't wanna do this anymore. Right. And it, I think, though, you know, for better or for worse, that's I think that's a good thing. Because yeah, so do I. It, if, if everyone just thinks your thing is okay, no one's going to care about your thing. But if people love your thing and alternatively hate your thing, that as an artist, like that is how you're going to get, get attention and get eyes to you. Not saying they're doing this just because they want that. No, no, no. But they're trying to tell. They're trying to tell this story, mm-hmm. and I love that they they appear. I mean, we've got to play it first, but and I mean, knowing what we know from the first one, and just knowing what I know about Neil, having listened to him, they're not going to make any concessions, and that's the like right. the most fun part about this is they are totally going to do exactly what they want to do mm-hmm. writers media reaction be damned they don't care yep. if they want to tell you a gruesome story that really gets you some real life things to think about you know like they're putting you in this world this is what this world is like it's not going to be nice you're not going to there is blood right. like there is gore like there's gruesome moments it's that's a part of this world and you're going to have to if you want to get to the end of it you've got to go through it and i, yep. I just i respect it a lot I don't think a lot of developers would even have the goal to take on something like that. Yeah, I think they're one of the few developers who probably have the ability to do that. I think they probably have a pretty um, blank check, if you would, for them to do what they want to for the most part. Yeah, definitely earned it. Um, We talked about a little bit about the infected. One of the other notes that I have here is just how much more dangerous like humans felt, which Mm -hmm. I think adds to a lot of the world and the story when you encounter humans because that's not something you do a whole lot of the cast for the last of us is kind of small yeah you know it's a handful of characters or so and you'd think that maybe there's more and like there's there's a big part of me that wants to like just dive into a last of us lore and talk about what happened what we don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> but i don't want to do that but there's like you run into you meet these people whether they be enemies or or friendlies you meet a handful of people along the way right and they seem so much more dangerous than any of the infected and that's saying something because the infected especially the clickers when you first come across a clicker in 2013 this game scared the scared the death i mean like when i heard that clicking noise i was always I like crouching down and hiding <gasps> <laughs> they're gonna get me oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well and that and that and of course and i don't want to derail us because you go talk about that clicking noise and then immediately i go to the sound design and the music yes. and oh my gosh <laughs> it's so good and it because you're playing as this 
caretaker, if you will. You're in Joel mm-hmm. and you've got this like it. And I felt like because of what you what they set up with Sarah and now you've got Ellie, yeah. I don't mean, like it adds even more weight to that. Because when mm-hmm. the clickers did, when I did, you know, get into that subway tunnel or when I did get in, you know, to, to an infected area, especially when my vision was blurred or it was hazy or dark, I got I like it really set the mood. I was like, whoa, let's take it slow. I want anything right. to happen to her. You know, like it, it, it gets you there. I, I really like it. And then when the humans there, they, they lay traps, they talk mm-hmm. to each other, they work with each other. Like, again, like these are type of elements that I can't imagine or I can't remember other games having in them. I do want to get into the story. I want to talk about I don't want to I don't want to spend the entire time talking about the first game, <laughs> but I do want to talk about the story a little bit because uh, I know a lot has been said about it. I've probably listened to all of it and mm-hmm. a lot has been said about the ending of this game. Yeah, um, I'm going to spoil it now. So if you don't want to hear it, we'll just like stop now and come back later. Josh, don't don't listen from this point forward if you haven't beat the game yet. So Ellie's immune to the virus. That's what mm-hmm. we find out about her. And we carry her along this journey across America. And at the end, we have a chance possibly to save mankind. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We have a chance. It's a mm-hmm. risk, but we have a chance. Yep. And instead of saving mankind, Joel decides to save Ellie. So instead yep. of trading Ellie's life for all of humanity... He makes a selfish decision to keep Ellie around. Yep. My take on this ending was that, or my take on this journey, if you will, this entire game, my take on it is that Ellie saves Joel. That's how I always looked at it. Mm -hmm. When I see Joel, when we meet Joel, he's just broken. Mm -hmm. Like Sarah has broken him. He is without hope. Mm -hmm. He is Mm -hmm. a bad guy. Mm -hmm. He is a smuggler. He is on the fringe of the law. You know, he's in this uh, quadrant, you know, what do they call it? The just safe oh, zone. zone. Yeah. Yeah. And but he doesn't listen to the rules. He's doing mm-hmm. all this backstory, you know, and he just doesn't care. Like he really right. just looks like he could die. Like mm-hmm. it's amazing. He just didn't shoot himself because um, yeah. he's completely broken. And it's his journey through Ellie that I look at it as it gave him hope and love again. Mm-hmm. And that's why he made the decision everybody else be damned it was just too much like she brought him so far back from that Mm -hmm. that he couldn't go back to that because if he killed Ellie he probably just would have killed himself Mm -hmm. that was my original take on the game it's always kind of been my take on the game I know other folks have riffed on it and I love it that's the greatness about the ending of the game Mm -hmm. is it leaves it so much open to interpretation right how did you feel about just the the story the big story macro level like that I actually when I think about the end of that game and how everything went with that, you know, I think about the conversations. I'm not a parent, but the conversations I've had with parents of what would it take for you to do something that you know would result in your own child perishing, but it would save 10 people, 100 people, 1,000. What's the number? Yeah. What's the number that's enough? Yeah. And no parent, and every parent has told me there's no number that's enough. It doesn't matter. There's no way I could ever do that. And that's for me, maybe it's way too simple, but that's what I see this as that Joel could not save Sarah. Be damned if he was not going to save Ellie. Gotcha. Because he can. Yeah. He has the chance. And he already made that sacrifice one time. And he's not going to do it again. So whether you want to look at it as that is him, quote unquote, saving Sarah, actually, or however you want to look at it, 
I, and like I said, maybe that's too simplistic, but that's really when I, I think, think about so. that. I, I, I think of someone who looks at Ellie as his daughter and no price is too great to pay. Plus to it wasn't her. a sure thing. Right. The risk there was no guarantee. Yeah, the risk didn't outweigh the... Like, if, if they said 100%, this is it. We have the cure. Maybe this right. decision would have been different. I don't think so. But maybe it would right. have. But, right. like, they they give you that little inclination of disbelief. They're mm-hmm. like, do you know? And we Well, we don't know until we actually... Well, then no. Then you can't kill her. You don't know. You know, right. like, he's all like, figure it out later. You know, he thinks there's more time. It doesn't have to be so urgent. We don't have to do this right away. You know, like, right. let's do some more. But, you know, they don't. So he's gets put in a jam. He gets jammed up against it. Um, before we break from that, because I want to talk about how Tilu 2 might pick up where that left off. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple more things I wrote down. The side stories that The Last of Us had with, like, mm-hmm. Ish and Ezra and the notes mm-hmm. and the artifacts. All of that plays into how I felt from the global story of Ellie mm-hmm. and Joel and from the bigger global story of this outbreak you know like this you have all these different layers to this journey this onion if you take the time to go through it and flesh it out Mm -hmm. it's incredible um Mm -hmm. i've never been much of a -a collect-a-thon gamer ever in any game i think that's pretty well documented and i absolutely found every artifact that this game i couldn't get enough i wanted more i so many i wanted so many more and i imagine that i will play the second game uh much in the same way um and we'll talk about that here in a minute the last thing I want to say before we leave it is I just want to talk a little bit about the impact of The Last of Us, not just on us as gamers, but also I think maybe on the industry, like an industry level. Mm-hmm. I was so caught up into The Last of Us. Like I've always said, the day I beat it, I'll never forget. I actually, I want to say I called out of work because all I wanted to do was listen to every spoiler cast and every review cast and I wanted to talk to anybody. I remember I went to my GameStop and talked to the manager about the game. I just wanted to wrap myself in a cocoon of coverage and just hear everything. And I, I listened to, you know, Neil Druckmann, any interview that he went on and any, mm-hmm. you know, IGN stuff, all of it. I, I could not get enough of it. The game was so big in terms of release. It sold so well. It had such great critical reception. The hype train that I was on, I think, was every bit as important as the entire, like how great the game was, was also being there for the reception of all this information and living it. Um, it just made it so much more. Then they did like the last of us live, you mm-hmm. know, and all the music came out and I listened to the soundtrack and all of Gustavo stuff. And then they did the live recording, which my wife got into because she's more of like a theater person, a music person. She might not be into games. She could still experience the weight of the story. when We watch these actors play it out on stage. Mm-hmm. And she even got caught up. She's like, man, this is really, really good. And kind of alluding to the thing you said before, like it, it transcended video game. It became media, it became entertainment. Mm-hmm. And then you have like the grounded documentary and all this stuff that came out. And again, maybe, maybe it's naive or ignorance on my part. But I don't, I can't remember a game at that time or before it that did that, that had that type of reception that could like, could you just like, we're going to, do Bioshock live. We're going to light up a stage right. or have people act out scenes of Bioshock. Like, I don't think that works as well. Um, I don't know. Just all of that stuff. What do you think? What are... I, I think fandom previously for games had been different because a lot of games that had huge fans drawings were about 
you know, MMOs and, and those persistent online environments where you made the story, where yeah. it was the character you created and all of that. So everything around it was about your experience with the person or the thing that you created doing it. Whereas I think things changed a little bit with The Last of Us in that it was more about the characters and the actors who played them and the music surrounding it. It wasn't necessarily, yes, it was about how it impacted me, but it's how those characters impacted me, not how, not what I imprinted onto the experience. I never followed a voice actor into The Last of Us, mm-hmm. ever. I may have known a few of them, mm-hmm. maybe in coverage of reading up to the game or if they came out at E3 or something, I never followed an actor. I immediately followed Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson and Neil Druckmann and everybody. And you remember they did the, um, they put out on YouTube like their, outtakes mm-hmm. where they famously did that scene where they did it like an all opera music and they yeah. all sang it and everything my wife watched it so like we consumed all of this stuff like you're mm-hmm. right fandom i'd never been a part of um i don't know a group or a movement of fandom for anything in video games quite like that mm-hmm. um like the there's the excitement that i felt for anything last of us at the time rivaled seeing like a Zelda demo at E3 come out of nowhere or something right. like that. It just really set me off on a, on a separate, different path, a separate journey. And, uh, I, I can't say it's even been rivaled since. Mm-hmm. If anything, I'm just kind of more in tune with what like Troy's done since then or right. like uncharted. Like I, now I start to, I start to apply that to other things, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. Um, all right, let's talk about the second one. Let's get into okay. some actual good spoilery stuff. I want to get into the story. So we left off looking over the dam, Jackson mm-hmm. County. We are led to believe that Ellie suspects that she knows what happened. She yeah. asks Joel. Yep. And he lies to her. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Scene. In yeah. scene. Yep. Now we have The Last of Us 2. So the first question I want to ask you is, did you even want a sequel? Like when you played The Last of Us, were you like, "I can't wait to see where this goes," or were you like, "This is perfect"? I I, I thought I think I talked about this way back when this was revealed at PSX. Uh, I didn't initially. I was one of those people who didn't want a sequel. I, I thought the story was good as it was. I really liked how it ended. I I really didn't feel that I needed another experience with these characters. Then they did that reveal trailer. And I had all sorts of feels about it. <laughs> and I said, well, sometimes I don't know what I want. And you do. So thank you, Naughty Dog. I guess I will take a second Last of Us. That seems great. Thank you. Uh, so that I genuinely did not think I wanted one until they showed until they did, did that reveal trailer. I, yeah, I absolutely wanted. <laughs> I wanted one the day that I the day that I beat the first one. I w- I would have bought another one right then and there. I was so hook, line, and sinker into this. I wanted all the things that they can give me, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's talk about the story before we get into the, what the trailer showed us, what the things we know. Let's talk about the things we don't know. Right. Where do you want to see? What do you want to see in part two? Like, what's the journey you're? anticipating hoping what are the questions you're hoping get answered don't get answered <laughs> i think this is the hard part right because yeah. you think about all that they have shown in the trailers i i will say so here's where the, the dichotomy for me is a little bit in my head is that um neil very clearly came out and said don't worry about what we're showing you it's not necessarily what you think yeah however according to people who were at the hands-on day the, the um, press who were there he told them not to watch the reveal trailer 
or the release date trailer, excuse mm. me. So that then makes me wonder, what does that mean? That he's, you know, had <laughs> recorded this video that said, don't worry, but then also told journalists, don't watch the release I love trailer. Neil so much. I he's know. He's so good at this. <laughs> um, so what I do, here's what I will say I do hope. I will be very disappointed if this is as straightforward as it seems. Oh, it's definitely I, I, I will say very. I will be disappointed. If they are just going to fridge Dina, I'm bummed. I, I really hope it's more than that. Definitely not. I, I You definitely think it's not that? Yeah, it's definitely not that. You know, I think there's a lot of things that go through my mind when I look at this is, does, is Dina actually a traitor and that mm -hmm. Ellie freaking out mm -hmm. is them actually killing Joel after Dina betrayed her? Like, there's so many other things this could... And I don't even know, like... Sometimes I don't even want to talk about this stuff because what, <laughs> if, a speak wild, diseases? what if a wild guess ends up being right and then someone's like, oh, I thought about that. Now, you know, so I don't I don't know. I, I had similar thoughts, actually. I've actually had similar thoughts. Um, all right. Let, <laughs> trying to think. I got a lot of things I want to say. I'm trying to think of the best order to say them. But I want to stick on this Dina thing since mm -hmm. you already brought it up. Yeah. In the trailer, we we see Dina for the second time. Yep. Her and Ellie are out. We are led to believe that they get taken or kidnapped or snatched or ambushed. But you don't necessarily see both. Right. It, it almost seems like, oh, Dina got lost or something and she's going to. But did she get lost or did she? Is she setting a trap? You know, possibly, plausibly. Um, also, is is Naughty Dog just messing with our minds and are they completely unrelated? Right. Who knows? Like, they maybe you just be. go find Dina and live happily ever after, and then this happens later on in the game. They, they totally could have split right. it. These could be completely unrelated, not connected in any way. Right. They bring... We see Tommy back, so maybe it's to, something happens with Tommy. You know, who knows? There's so many things that it That's could be. That's more lines that I was taking. Okay. Um, I definitely don't think they're going to fridge Dina, and the reason that I don't is... I looked at, I mean, the reason it's just hopeful optimism, but when you watch that first trailer in the barn, mm -hmm. I rewatched it this morning for the first time since they showed it really. Mm -hmm. And that moment where they have that little conversation while they're dancing, I was like, Oh God, it's so good. Like, mm -hmm. it's so good. There's no way that they would, it's in, she's an impactful character. Um, right. I do think maybe the overarching plot of she's taken and Ellie's trying to save her. That might be true. Mm -hmm. That could yeah. be true. There's a lot that could go on the way there. Mm -hmm. In that barn trailer, it dawned on me that we're introduced to a new character. I forget his name, um, but he's talking to Ellie before she yep. starts dancing with Dina. The one and who he, he gives out the guns and stuff in the... Yeah. yeah. And he tells her that he spoke to her old man today. Now, when I first watched that, I thought, Joel. Right. I think most people should. Like, yeah, it's right. Joel. And then I realized he didn't say Joel. Mm -mm. And I'm wondering... This is just this is where my mind started going after this last trailer. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that we start the game with some sort of falling out between Joel and Ellie? Mm -hmm. Ellie constantly suspects, maybe to the point where it finally comes up. Maybe like the first part of this game is like pretty casual. Maybe you're not like completely into it. You know, maybe you're doing like these little go out and find supplies missions and whatnot, and it starts to set the hook. Right. I could see an issue where like. Maybe, maybe Joel can't like be around Ellie. Maybe he can't live with the the constant I don't know regret or fear. Or maybe mm -hmm. she finds out or presses him on it, and he finally they have a falling out. Maybe her old man's Tommy. Maybe Joel's not around. Yeah. Maybe Joel's left. Maybe 
like yeah. Tommy and his wife are like help have helped raise you know, we're five years later. So mm-hmm. maybe she stayed in Jackson and maybe Joel went somewhere else. Right. Like the first game kind of alluded to. That's what he tried to do. He tried to dump her off in there now. I don't know if that's the case, but if it is the case, that would explain in the trailer his reveal seems so important. It doesn't right. seem like he's there a lot. Right. So maybe that's where he re-enters the picture. We're also introduced in multiple of these trailers, and then a lot of the hands-on that's kind of led me down this thought process is we, we know that there's multiple factions of people, mm-hmm. and there's religious zealots and and, and, and different, uh, like, I don't know, gangs or, or groups in different areas of the city. Right. You know, they're controlling their own stuff. Maybe Joel's one of theirs. Yeah. And maybe he turns on his own group to help Ellie. Mm-hmm. That's the other type of stuff that's been running through my head. There's a lot that could go here. Right. Well, and one of the things I just think about, those all of those characters from the Paris trailer, not a peep about them since. They got to be introduced somehow. <laughs> right. And and they were important enough that they have been interviewed on things. They were like on panels. So they aren't nothing characters, but we haven't nothing about them since that trailer. Yep. So I'm very interested to see, is that, you know, like you had alluded to a lot of people talk about, was that Ellie's mom? Yeah. So is this a... Flashback? But it seems really silly. I shouldn't say silly. It seems odd that they would put that much attention onto something that is just a flashback. And then we don't, and that's it. You know, so I'm very interested to see the role those characters play and what that means and are they part of that group that Ellie is trying to get rid of like what exactly. what is going on <laughs> exactly exactly um and i even thought like maybe maybe Joel and and Tommy mm-hmm. have a disagreement they seem like they do this a lot it would right. be well within their characters to do right. so yeah. you know like so there's a lot of things that are a lot of variables that i could see in play and the one thing that i mentioned to Josh when he was talking about the the possible spoiler um, on your show, I've seen Neil make that smile too many times leading up to The Last of Us, after mm-hmm. The Last of Us, talking about The Last of Us 2. When he gets pressed on things, he doesn't want to give away. He gives off like he's got to tell. He just gives right. off this sly smile. And like when he tells you not as all what you think it is, then it's not. <laughs> well, and I think the and I think the nice thing about it, this situation in some ways is that, you know, previous game was Uncharted 4. They thought it was really important that they give a happy ending to that game. Yeah. There is no reason this game has to have a happy ending in any way, shape, or form. So I think this really gives them the opportunity to, I don't want to say do whatever they want in like a callous, don't care way, but really stretch their legs as far as narrative storytelling, what we expect of games, um, and really seeing is there a way to break the typical narrative structure in a way we haven't seen before. It could be a tragedy. Everybody could die at the end. Well, and they have said that you, this game is about hate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for this one because of that. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like I, like I said, I, I anticipate hearing a lot of people be like, I can't play this. Right. Because I think it's going to go there. And I'm excited to see somebody go there. I always feel like so many games, I think a lot of games can feel samey. You can swap mm-hmm. out the characters and stuff, but a lot of them feel the same. We've been doing a lot of the same. This mm-hmm. narratively might just crush it and it might not be for everybody and it, it probably isn't right um i want to know like the loose ends from the first game i would love to see some cameo appearances or at least mm-hmm. some 
I would love for Ellie and Joel at times to maybe even flash back into either memories or playable scenes from the old thing, like an illusion, like an allude back to mm-hmm. uh, any type of stuff like that. Uh, just even maybe one little glimpse of like a little nostalgic moment, I think would be such a cool thing to do. Like mm-hmm. Uncharted does when they let you play, you know, Crash Bandicoot or something. I would right. love if they had a moment, you know, it's a really nice moment where they talk about Bill or they talk right. about uh, Sam, you know, or mm-hmm. Henry and things like that. Um, that type of stuff, like that type of fan service I'm hoping is in here and it would be crazy good. I, uh, where do they, so that when they get to Jackson in the first game, mm-hmm. what do they get the car? They leaves Bill, it's not Bill's town, right? You don't leave from Bill's town to Jackson or is that right? I th- That's what my memory is, but I feel like maybe I'm missing a third of the game between those two. <laughs> well, are you talking where are they immediately before Jackson or? Yeah. Cause yeah. They, Cause well, they're, I mean. They go from the university. I thought they went from Jackson to the university. I think oh, that's right. Is, yeah, yeah, because they get out of the car, that's, right? You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yep. So from Billstown, which is like, what, St. Louis? Can't like where? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. And they get to Wyoming. What happened in between there? I would love to know. Right. Like even a memory, a story, a note, a photograph. If they had a photograph that you could flip over and had like a little pair, I mm-hmm. would, that's the type of stuff I'm, I'm really excited for. It's like really right. dumb stuff. Everybody's like, what's happened to Dina? I'm like, I want to know what happened on that car ride. <laughs> Ellie has a journal that you can go back and read oh. about like all of the things that happened. Kyle, you're making my heart warm. That's so good. <laughs> yes. I want Ellie to have a journal. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. That's perfect. Um, all right. Getting to the trailer. They showed off all this new gameplay. Yeah. Tons. Tons of stuff you can break down. I'm going to start with the enemy AI because I think it's the most important. Mm-hmm. You see characters working together. A lot yes. has been said in the reaction of those folks that went hands-on. They all have names. The yep. dogs have names. Everybody's yep. saying like, oh my God, she killed she killed Seth. He's over right. there and he fell off the roof. Um, they're working together. They call each other. It's, it's different. When I first saw it, my first impression was, ooh this game's going to be much harder than the first one. I feel like it's going to be as well. From the listening to some of the people who played, uh, everyone talked about how they died. A, a lot. lot. Yeah. A lot. But they said the respawn was really fast. That's, so good. that's good. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, there was definitely a lot of... It is not as simple, oh, I'm going to go over here, sneak, take this person out, go over here, sneak, t- take this person out. There's a little bit of that because it's still a game. You still kind of want to feel you know that you have that your ba a little bit but yeah it definitely sounds like there are traps that are set they flank you and they pincer you and that weird like that i think having the dogs which i know we're gonna talk about in a second and having that scent trail like having the scent trail so you it's not just i'm gonna sit and wait here that's until like i have to keep moving there's no safe space you can't fall back to any position and kind of regroup Mm-hmm. that's exactly my takeaway it's like that that's out and as somebody who's i mean i openly admit that i i don't think i'm like super good at playing video games right i did that a lot in the last of Us. my first playthrough there was a lot of moments where i was like i gotta get away i gotta make some stuff i gotta figure this out for a moment right i don't know if you're gonna be able to catch your breath right well and people there were you know and i think even neil has said that sometimes your best option is just to run to run like to run away 
that is your best option and we're not to leave we're not trained or conditioned as gamers to ever do no that. there's no game we're just like run away there are there are six enemy ai in this area i need to take out six enemy ai here exactly. i go and if more come over the fence you just keep doing it like I just keep going where are more bullets let's do this oh oh the dogs are interesting um yeah because when they first showed us this gameplay trailer, I, I immediately latched on to, I think I posted like seven gifts of Ellie proning in this grass. Mm -hmm. Have we ever seen grass? Oh yeah. man. And then when she rolls onto her side oh, to use her so bow and good. arrow. Oh my God. I know. It's like one of those things that it's just this dumb little, anna, but I watched it. I was like, that looks so amazing. Never done anything like that in a game before. I haven't, I haven't either. Naughty Dog, what Naughty Dog did for water they're about to do the grass. <laughs> yeah. Naughty Dog's grass is better than your grass. I've never seen anything like this before. And this seems so, and that's going to, it's going to provide such a level of immersion. Mm -hmm. And they mentioned that like hiding the grass, it's not like Uncharted, it's not like Assassin's Creed. Like if they walk up, they're totally see you. They'll see you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Hey, we see you. You're in the grass <laughs> and they'll shoot you. And I expect to die as I'm like in the grass on <laughs> metal gear. Someone's to walk up and shoot me right in the head. Um, man. So, the proning stuff, having be able to hide low to the ground under cars and stuff, it makes sense to now introduce dogs. Mm -hmm. That makes that doing that tactic so much more of a risk and so much more right. scary because they're low to the ground and they can come get you. Mm -hmm. I know Neil said that you don't have to kill the dogs. I don't understand how you don't kill the I think you have to. I think most well, people I, have to. I, my guess is going to be you can probably st completely stealth through those sections. And not kill anything would be wow. my guess. That'd be that'd be cool. So I'd like to at least try to do that once. Yeah, it's not I mean, normally I, my thing. Right, and maybe I'm wrong, but that would be my guess is that in those sections, if you want to, you could probably either completely or near completely stealth through them. Maybe there's a dude at the end or something you'd have to take out, but for the most part, you can kind of wiggle your way around. And but I think it's going to be hard because. I, you know, I am so conditioned in stealth games to I'm going to sit here and observe everything yep. and figure out people's patterns yep. and do all this stuff. And it really doesn't seem like you're going to get the chance to do that. And they may not have a pattern. Right. Like this enemy eye is next. That's the stuff more so than like what the graphics look like and whatnot. Mm -hmm. The AI and seeing that that's the type of stuff where I go, that's a PlayStation 5 game. Yeah. If they had come out and told me this is a PlayStation 5 game, I would have understood it. Right. Because I don't we've never seen a game like this. Mm -mm. There's no direct comparison. We've seen similar games. We've seen third right. we, games in genre, but nothing to this detail and this level. Right. And that's what they do. Um, I, I, I know you mentioned this heartbeat thing. Can you tell me about yeah. this? So basically everything in the game has a heartbeat. And when you are doing actions, it increases or decreases your heartbeat appropriately, which impacts... Um, how much noise you make, how, how how loud you breathe, how steady it is when you're trying to shoot. But it's not just for Ellie, it's even for the AI, um, for the infected, everything has one. So if you are in a situation where you have, you know, you're trying to sneak through something and you get caught and seen, and one of the AI is like, oh, I'm gonna go flank her and they run, like you can hear them, you'll be able to hear them coming up, breathing behind you. Their accuracy won't be as good because their heart is beating so That's hard. Crazy. Uh, so everything is that heartbeat sensor or that heartbeat that every character has will impact the gameplay and how they interact with one another. It's modifying everything. Yeah. Wow, it's insane. Um, these moments that we were talking about, look, these things we see, 
they're openish. Wide linear. Thanks for that fancy industry term, Naughty Dog. And a lot of people started immediately going. I know I did from the trailer. This is the part in the trailer where you see Ellie on a horseback and she's mm-hmm. walking what seems to be an open area cityscape under a bridge and you see a background and it's it's hard not to think Lost Legacy and go like, is this are they going mm-hmm. this way? Or they have now they've went on record and said since then all the articles headlines, it's not open world. Right. Don't say it's open world. But it's definitely more open and bigger. Bigger environments than we've seen before. Well, I mean, you could even, I think, go to like a Tomb Raider, right? Yeah. Not yeah. open world, but uh, a little bit of a, a sandbox if you want to to play around in. And maybe you have some side missions that you can do if you want to. Um, and that's kind of what it sounds like is that you might have. Um, and maybe even I haven't gotten that far in Gears 5. I'm at literally at the point where it goes to open-ish. Oh, yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe that type that's of it. thing where there's a couple areas that are a little bit bigger a little more for you to explore in maybe a side mission or two happens uh but i think that would make sense especially if you figure she's starting at a settlement or it seems at least she's starting you know at a settlement has some responsibilities maybe picks up some missions to go pick up some supplies for individual people within you know the settlement has to do some hunting whatever uh, it seems like that would make sense for what the game is trying to uh accomplish and kind of how she's living her life at least what we presume to be at the start of the game do you like that um we'll see yeah i think it's my my like tomb raider i like so i like the tomb raider games and i kind of like how that is uh i will see if i like that for a last of us game i think part of what i enjoy about the last of us is since it is pretty you know the first one was very linear obviously so you kind of always knew ish okay now we're going to be in tension now we're not in tension now we're in tension again now we're not now we are again so if you can go a really long time without having that tension there necessarily um or choosing to be in the tension i think for me um might potentially hit pacing a little bit and they said obviously this game is going to be huge that's what they said their longest game ever which you know 15 to 18 hours i think is kind of where uncharted for last of us was um so it could be 20 you know yeah some people are saying it's gonna be 40 i i don't know um i don't know if i want that for 40 hours uh but we'll see i you know i I think it's all going to depend on how it feels and i trust naughty dog so we'll we'll see um, but I think of games like, you know, I'm playing Borderlands 3 right now. Uh, getting to level 20 was great. The next few levels weren't bad. Man, like the last seven or so have been an absolute grind. And I'm about 30 hours in. And I just want this game to be over at this point. Wow. You know, so I, I I think that it's going to depend on how that goes. It, if they can keep me engaged and it doesn't feel laborious after 30 hours and it's bigger than that, great. But again, I trust them to make the right decision. I think... You know, even so, for some people, Uncharted 4 sort of like outlast this yeah. welcome a little bit. So yeah. I think I'm right there with you on this particular topic. When I first heard about it, it kind of made me wince a little. Mm-hmm. I want Naughty Dog to. I want I like I want them to keep the linear nature. I want them to tell the story and I want that to be the focus. Right. I'm open with having some open ish 
areas. I think mm-hmm. player agency is cool. They just showed like you can run and jump. Um, that's a big thing for Ellie. She can jump. There's a jump button, and you can like hop through windows and sneak through <laughs> yeah. cracks and come through shelves. And so like there's a lot you can do to put some distance between you and your adversaries and all that. Mm-hmm. The thing that scared me, and here's what I don't want. I don't want to open up and look at a map hub and mm-hmm. look at targets and waypoints. Mm-hmm. It's not because I don't like it. It's just it's not The Last of Us. It's not that's not like I don't know. And maybe I'll play it and I'll love it, but that's not what The Last of Us is. You know, I don't want to like Assassin's Creed it where I open up a map and like, oh, I gotta travel over here and here are six right. things I can do at any moment. What I would rather have them do is deliver me the similar thing in a more linear structure where mm-hmm. the story takes me to this open area thing and I have two or three objectives that I can live out in this area. Mm-hmm. choose to do stuff if I want and then I get back on the linear train and keep going mm-hmm. I don't want it's like choose your own adventure you can take any of these six paths and eventually you all come back to the same place because then I feel like we're losing what made The Last of Us so great is I want them to tell me the story in the structure and the pattern and you know order that they want to tell it to me in you know right. like, I, like the idea that they can just add six things that you can do in any order and not affect the story I, I don't know how much I believe in that Right, Um, because then it just feels like, well, does any of it have any meaning? Well, and who knows? You know, maybe they want to add all that stuff because they want you at some point in the game to feel a sense of monotony because they it's going to be effective for what happens next. I don't know. I have no idea. You know, we we talk all the time about letting you know (laughs) let game developers execute their vision. Yeah, yeah. you know, and letting that happen. And but I also appreciate you know there are certain reasons I play certain games. There are certain things I want from certain series. Um, and that doesn't mean they can't change and they can't evolve and they can't do that. It also just means, though, that recognize I have certain expectations when I'm coming to play X game. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, just like you said, you didn't want a sequel and they showed it to you. Maybe we play it and we love it. Maybe we're here right. you know, six months from now. We're talking about how amazing it is. We have the open world. We can go walk. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's interesting because it is like somewhat of a, a juxtaposition for me because I do want to walk around that world. Mm-hmm. I do want to explore that world. I would love to walk yeah. around and find newspapers. Like I want to know so much about the the history and things that have happened and what's happened right. in five years. Like it's been five yeah. years. What's going on? So right. I wouldn't mind taking a walk. Um, I just don't want like I don't know. I want the story to still stay. Yeah. Well, and they have said that it it is going to have similar pacing. They did is what they've said. So yep. um, you've already mentioned the game's length. The game's coming out on two discs. Yeah. Big game. Big Lots game. of things. They got grass, man. That grass is going to be that like detail. It's going to be huge. Uh, one disc is just grass. <laughs> just grass. Grass, grass textures. That's all it is. And then the big an- announcement that they made is there's been no multiplayer right. for this one. Uh, yep. They followed it up by saying that Naughty Dog will bring a multiplayer experience. We will see their mm-hmm. multiplayer chops at some point, which, yep. what do you think that means? I think that means that we're going to see something when PS5 launches. Do you think it's going to be an add-on or a bonus to the base game? That's the thing I don't know and I can't decide. And it's PlayStation, so part of me says they're going to be jerks. And they're going to say, hey, here's The Last of Us Part 2 again. But this time with multiplayer for the PS5, if you want to get the best The Last of Us 2 experience. I think it's a uh, separate game. I think, And I think, ideally, I, I do think it probably is going to just be a completely separate experience. It honestly... I could see it potentially being some sort of free-to-play PS5 launch thing. Oh, that's good. I didn't think about that. Um, um, to try to... That you can 
Because they said, obviously, things are going to be backward compatible, but sure. maybe this is something you can only play on PS5. That there and that is would no make PS4 sense. Version. You got to think after all this long development, there's got to probably there's probably a lot of pressure on them to possibly just make this a launch game for PS5. We've yeah. debated it for two years now, whether or not it was ever going to come to the fore. I personally would be really upset. I mean, like I said, I bought my PlayStation 4 to play The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. If I then had to buy another console, regardless of how great the PlayStation 4 has been, if I had to buy another console to play it, I would have been I would have been angry. Right, right, right. Still and totally I, would have bought it, though. <laughs> no, you would have. I know you would have. You've been really upset while you were purchasing that Totally console. would have bought it anyway. <laughs> um, but I think we're kind of into that point now, right? Because now that we have The Last of Us Part Two release date um, and Iron Man VR... Yeah. <laughs> release date uh you know and not the and obviously this is what we're talking about today but like ghost of tsushima we haven't heard anything about that game in a long time playstation is 5 that, game is now a pc P, playstation 5 launch game so yep um i when i when i heard this i, I took a couple of things here i i wonder i don't think that they've taken this long to make this game and they had to cut the multiplayer right i i, I just don't know like it's been a long time this game's been in the hopper I'm wondering if they're not trying to do something new. I actually think this might be some sort of a spin-off or a sequel. When I was my impression mm-hmm. was this going to be a different game. I'm thinking of like a co-op based you know like they'll have factions of course. People really liked it. I didn't I played one match I think to get a trophy like that. Right. So I I didn't really play it, but I know people do like it and it was popular. Mm-hmm. I was even thinking of like how could they expand upon it and maybe they release like a multiplayer centric game like what 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 Resident Evil is doing. Like with a yeah. four-player co-op, I wonder if they could come out with like a, a Last of Us like Outbreak Day or like some sort of series where maybe you go back to the to Outbreak Day and you play mm-hmm. like what happened when this started, and maybe you have to escape a city or you have waves of enemies or clear a building or something like that, and you play with your friends and they give you some story, right? And it's the multiplayer for The Last of Us Part Two, but it's different characters, it's extra story, and they sell it as a completely different game. Yeah, well, and for better or for worse, like, what does The Last of Us set us up for perfectly if we really want to? A battle royale. That's good. You know, so I think they could easily do something like that. They could easily do some sort of survival style game where you have to kind of like they they had that mode in Tomb Raider. Um, And obviously that wouldn't be multiplayer necessarily, but where you are having to make fires and get water and do Mm -hmm. all this while you go and explore. There's so many things that could be done that fit well with that with the setting of The Last of Us that I agree. Imagine I if you could play as Bill or Ezra or Ish or Rachel or right. like, there's so much Sam and Henry and you could actually drop this universe in. Yeah, absolutely. Play and, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would, people would buy yeah, that game. Pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I, I kind of look at this a little bit, maybe like cyberpunk in the sense of, I think they probably were developing a multiplayer for sure. And then just realized this is not, if we want this to launch with the main, the single player, it's going to take long. It's going to take way longer. So we're just going to spin this out. It will come at a later date. Um, and we'll tell you more about it when we know more about what we're doing. I mean, net code balancing all of that stuff is yeah, insanely hard. Yep, it is. And you know, the, the, un, not, the Naughty Dog Uncharted um, multiplayer games, whether it be Uncharted or, the last of us they're surprisingly good for what they are they're way better than they usually have any right to be uncharted 4 multiplayer actually is a lot of fun it didn't get i don't think it got a ton of um play i don't know that it had a huge user base but i played a decent amount of it and it was way better than it had any right to be it was a good fun time um and i think you know the last of us like you said had a very strong following of people who were playing it not a huge group but a, a very consistent 
regular group and i'm interested to see what they do because uh, i think their multiplayer stuff is typically a little undersold for how good it is cool yeah whenever i think if i think donnie's gonna try to play a last of us multiplayer game i immediately like think gears horde a co-op mm-hmm. survival type thing like yeah you know, you're four survivors you're dropped in an area and you've got to you know outlast this many things to get out a hundred percent. I would play like that all game. of these. Yeah, all yeah. of these things work. I'd play all of them are things they could do. And if they sprinkled any sort of narrative in there, I'd be absolutely there. Yeah, like it, you almost go to like a Call of Duty Zombies where they yes. have like the narratives, you know, kind of strewn about throughout yep. the map, and you're kind of. If working they gave us things. like a ten mission campaign, and then you mm-hmm. can play multiplayer for you know endless amounts of collectibles and upgrades and all that, I would at least play the campaign. I would absolutely yeah. sit and f- finish the campaign with anybody. Mm-hmm. So I want to end with, do you think this will be the end of The Last of Us, like the franchise, or at least the end of Ellie and Joel's Last of Us? I think it potentially could be the end of Ellie and Joel. I don't think this will be the end of The Last of Us as a franchise, though. They've already said, I mean, if we're talking pure video game, definitely not. They've already kind of talked about the idea of potentially doing with PlayStation Productions something in that world. Uh, and I think it's a rich environment for them to explore. And like you've said, there's they could do you know dlc of like maybe similar to how the first game's dlc went back yeah maybe this game's dlc goes back to what happened in those five years yeah i mean there's so you know there's so many things that they could do um i don't think this will be it's too valuable a property for them i I assume we will continue to see the last of us in some way shape or form whether it will still have ellie and joel that i'm not quite certain will still be there moving forward I kind of agree. I, I feel like this is the end of this story mm-hmm. with Ellie and Joel. And I think if we have future Last of Us, we might pick up on somebody else's story yeah. journey. I, I So Neil got promoted, right? Yeah, he's like vice president at Naughty Dog, I think. Now. So he's, But he's still the creative director for Last of Us Part 2. Correct. But stands to reason that he would not be the creative director on Last of Us Part 3 or whatever. Or whatever. I mean, probably not. Maybe. Maybe he, part of him being a vice president is he still wants to be able to exercise his creative stuff when he wants to, maybe. Sure. So, uh, but I assume that, you know, they have done a pretty good job of, um, you know, hibernating. Like, if you think about where people from Naughty Dog have gone from a narrative perspective, Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare, the narr- the single-player campaign is being done by former Naughty Dog people. Uh, Marvel, the Avengers game is being done by former Naughty Dog people as far as you know that story goes. So they do a good job, it seems like, of incubating those folks internally in their studio. And I have no doubts they have many people, very capable people, who could step oh, sure. up. To and it takes a lot more than one person. but Right, for sure. I'm only bringing up to make the point I would be at least somewhat, I wouldn't say weary or anything. I would just mm-hmm. keep a close eye. <laughs> and my, I, yeah. I actively monitor, like if if you know the next one, if whenever that is, seven mm-hmm. years from t- from February, <laughs> seven right. years from there, right. Um, right? If if they are at some point, you know, different, like what does that mean, you know, for the yeah. franchise? Yeah, just something and, to think and, you about. Know, yeah, and you think I think of like Kurt, who I can never say his last name correctly. You know, he um, was creative lead on. Uh, the lost legacy yeah and now is you know overworking on this like obviously you know he some people not uh, you know the lost legacy is their favorite uncharted game yeah so i think that there's some there's still definitely some good people there but you're right you know having uh <laughs> neil maybe potentially not as involved uh bruce with his <laughs> with his tweets and things like that <laughs> maybe he'll come back and, and that would be and, cool and, i mean that would that would really 
that would tickle my heart if he if he actually announced that he was coming back and he picked back yeah, up. That would be fantastic. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> when you watch Grounded, uh-huh. you see how it seems, at least and maybe it's just appearance, but I don't think so. Neil is very, very involved. Like, this is his yes. baby. Yes. You know, when he's absolutely directing to the nth, to the final voice line, here's mm-hmm. how I need you to deliver this to tell my story. Right. Uh, I think even doesn't he have some sort of creative control over the media rights or the, like the movie rights? Because like they've been trying to get this project up. And I think the last time I heard about it, they said that they are working with Naughty Dog on any like potential movie script that now Neil is actually like being involved where just two years ago they were just going to take his his idea and run with it now it's he's very much over there too yeah i mean i think and that just has to do with the creation of playstation productions that, that they now sense. have more uh say in that and we'll probably pull more from the talent but i think yeah i think neil and i think a lot of studios have this it's you know neil is the hideo kojima he is the core yeah. barlog he is that person like if you watch you know raising kratos mm-hmm. you see how involved and how Corey, I think, very freely talked about how there are people on this team who probably don't like me very much because yeah. that is just how, you know, I am when it comes to my creative vision and all these other things. And, you know, uh, I hate using the word obsession, but for yeah. better or worse, that is often what amazingly like pieces, of, great pieces of media are often created by people who are obsessed with what they're creating. And I think for better or for worse, that's why we our crunch happens in the gaming industry because people care so much about what they're doing and are so passionate about it that they don't feel like they're being taken advantage of uh, because they are wanting to do it sometimes. Maybe not they always. They want you to recognize how amazing this grass is. Right. Yeah, they do. And it sounds kind of, you know, oh, but it's true. It's like, absolutely true. You know, and <laughs> part of me always feels really bad that when I'm running through or rushing through an environment that I'm like, you know, somebody probably spent days, weeks, months on this thing and I just blew through it because I was being chased by whatever. You just reminded me of a different thought, not that I want to rehash this whole thing, but this whole idea that these these areas when you're being you know, attacked and whatnot, that you're constantly on the move. I'm wondering how that's going to make me feel because there's so, I combed every Mm-hmm. I do this often. You've seen me when I play Horizon yeah. and whatnot. I comb every inch of The Last of Us, every yep. door, every shiv, every th- bottle, every artifact, every medallion. I mean, I know that game from top to bottom. Yep. I check every drawer, every cabinet, everything. So you will just have to kill everyone. I will have everything. to. There's no <laughs> way. I Because then I can't go it. walk through the kitchen and see yeah. what they left on the stove when they left right. or anything like that. I I, I got to see all that and the graffiti and the artwork, the messages mm-hmm. that people left and like the missing yeah. people and we're looking for you and that all sets the tone. If you just ran by it, yep. you're missing the point. <laughs> like, yeah. I hate to tell somebody you're playing the game wrong, but you're playing the game wrong. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> don't do that. You're missing so much of the world and the, oh God, like the, the daycare mm-hmm. through the kids' drawings of the stores. Dude, it's so good. Yeah. If you just ran through the sewers and killed the clickers moved on, you missed the whole point of that scene. <laughs> um, that's the type of stuff. Man, oh, oh, it's so good. I would have bet a million dollars after finishing The Last of Us that The Last of Us was the next Uncharted. They had Uncharted 1, 2, 3, 4, and Lost Legacy, and I thought we'd have right. Last of Us. I actually thought we'd have Last of Us 2 already, and we'd be looking at Last of Us 3 for PlayStation 5 and then going, and I agree. I do think that the franchise is so good. I mean, I think you, mm-hmm. you already see it. The collector's edition stuff sold out the yeah. same day. And 
I think they'll relist some. I think it's too early for them to be sold out, but I don't know. The, the thing that gives me a little hesitation to pause. When they did release it, like the next day, it was out in like 10 minutes. Like yeah, tops. I mean, yeah, I, the advantage they have is that it is still a few more months out than, you know, when they've announced other games. So theoretically, they could produce more Maybe. if they needed to. Uh, I think for you, but, and I know you're still holding out hope for a, you know, a Tilo 2 PS4 Pro. Do you think we're going to get one? I Well, if, I think if you just look at how close to release the Death Stranding one was announced. I, I definitely think that yeah I even like the God of even the God of War one wasn't announced until six weeks or eight weeks before it absolutely came out. Absolutely, gonna so. get one. It's a it is. They've done one for every marquee release on the system except for games that I wouldn't call like marquee releases, like like um, Days Gone, right? Like you're not gonna mm-hmm. get like a special edition console for that. It's a brand new IP. You don't really you know like right. We didn't really know how that was gonna go. Did Gran Turismo get one, a console? I um, I don't think so, but it also but also you know that game. So was maybe like that's not the year. one. Yeah, but uh, but God of War got one. Spider Man got one. Persona Five just got three of them. Like they're only in Japan. Only in Japan, <laughs> but they're there. You could get one yeah. if you wanted one. You could buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, you could order. Yeah, you yeah. Could there's it. Uncharted Four got one. Yeah, it was all blue. E- yes. Yeah. Yeah. But like Horizon didn't get one. But it's also new IP, so that's true. Horizon didn't get one, and well, but I would have thought they would. Yeah. I would have made sense to me to do one. I don't know. I'm, well, I'm hopeful. I want one now. Yeah. I'm also hesitant because I don't want it to look bad. That's the other part. Like it's gonna break yeah. my heart. It's <laughs> gonna break like- my heart if they announce one and I hate it. <laughs> I'm just yeah. be so distraught. What would you want it to look like? I want it to look like Ellie's tattoo. I, think, I want I- it to be minimal. I don't want it to be like. I don't want it to be glossy. I don't want it to be some bright ass color. Yeah. Like I know people I, love the Spider-Man one. I want the opposite of the Spider-Man. Yeah. Don't do that I, at all. I generally thought like when I think of one, Ellie's tattoo is what I think of for it, just because I think that is still for this game the most iconic thing for this game thus far is Ellie's tattoo. I always go back to so I have the outbreak theme on my PlayStation 4 that I still mm-hmm. don't think has been topped. It's the original outbreak theme with the cordyceps virus that uh, like yep, spawned. Up. Yeah, yep. I would love that type of design. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. But I think right. a matte black pro with like maybe a I want to say glossy, but maybe like a shiny finished black tattoo layer over top of it. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Okay. So like you can see it, but you can't see it, but it's there. Right. Something yeah. like that is kind of where my mind is. Mm-hmm. And if they just release a console with like Ellie's face plastered across the side of it or something, I'm going to be the, super pissed. <laughs> the grunge theme. I hate that. Like, I did not like yeah. the grunge theme. I was so let down. That's that's the type of stuff that I get scared about. I don't want yeah. like a printed face. I don't want just a giant. Well, I don't want to say I want a giant logo because if the logo was, I don't want to say Last of Us Part 2. I don't usually like wording. But if even they did like a Firefly symbol. Just mm-hmm. a black console with a white firefly symbol or something like that. I would I would totally be down for it. But I want it to look like it. I don't know. This is where my fan bias gets in. I want it to be like art. I want it to be. Yeah. I want it to look like the game. Yeah. And that's where I think that tattoo. Like and, and if like especially if they maybe did it like diagonally across the console instead of like straight. Mm-hmm. You know maybe like wrapped around it of some sort or something like that. That would be. That would just be awesome. That's that's what yeah. I'm wanting. If they do just make a giant, bright, glossy console or something like that, I'm probably not going to get it. I'll just get a regular Pro, but I am definitely getting a Pro for this. And I'm even contemplating getting an SSD. I think that's mm. kind of what I... I want to play this game as as good as I can possibly play it. 
Right. All right. <sighs> that does it, man. Uh, That's everything we want to do. It was an hour. It's almost 90 minutes. Almost 90 minutes. Yeah. The last of us talk. And I feel like I could sit here and talk to you for another 90 minutes on it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm looking at my notes to see if there's anything I left out. I think that's good. I think it's everything I really wanted to say. And just, Kyle. Yes, sir. I'm really, really excited. <laughs> I know. And hey, I just want to say, I really appreciate the fact that I know you are known as a Nintendo guy. I appreciate the fact that you don't reserve, like you are non-discriminate in your hype for things you're excited about, whether it be on Xbox, on PlayStation, Absolutely. on Nintendo. And I really appreciate that because I think that's very hard for many people to do. And even though you are, def- like I said, definitely known as a Nintendo guy, mm-hmm. I it's appreciate my first that love. you... I appreciate you get hyped about things you're hyped about, and that's great. But The Last of Us is also my favorite game. And, um, yeah, I, I would have bought a PlayStation 5. It is the only thing they could have done to get me to buy a PlayStation 5 on launch day is to make The Last of Us 5 a PlayStation 5 launch game. I totally would have bought one. I probably would have sold it, but I totally would have bought one. I totally would have. I 100% recognize that I would have dropped whatever amount of money to do that to play that game. Right, um, and I'm really happy that they didn't. Not because I don't want to buy a PlayStation Five. I'm, I will, I will always buy all the consoles eventually. It's mm-hmm. just not in my current plans. I'm thinking of PlayStation right. Five maybe like year two. Yeah, I'm thinking of waiting a bit, letting some of the releases. Because I wish I would have done that more often this gen. So that's the only yeah. reason I'm thinking about the next gen is maybe just spacing out of it. Because it's, I say this all the time. It's a lot to juggle. You know, three consoles, oh, and yeah. Stadia and whatnot. Like it's getting a lot. Plus the new streaming thing, like. Who knows? Like, I'm also thinking I might just get an Xbox and just stream PlayStation games and Stadia. Like, I may even do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, I don't know. We'll see. The, the, <laughs> the, the landscape is fluid at best. Yes. Right yes, now. yes, so, yes. That'll do it for PSXP Outbreak Day. I hope you guys look forward to the changes that we're making to the show's format and the new host and guest. Um, like I said, I can't, I don't have confirmation to announce anything. But we're going to put this out on their satellite feed. will be the first thing that goes on their feed. It's kind of be a guinea pig to test the feed, make sure all the bells and whistles are working. And then uh, we'll, we'll promote it a bunch and, and put it out there. And you guys make sure that you follow the new PlayStation Experience podcast. Uh, have its own standalone feed. Um, and you, obviously you can listen to it on the PSVG Podcast Network. So that'll do it for us, Kyle. Thanks for uh, joining me on this little chat. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, sir. Just a poor, a wayfaring stranger Traveling through this world of woe There is no sickness, no toil, no danger In that bright land to which I go I'm going there to see my mother She said she'd meet me when I come I'm just a going over Jordan I'm just a Dark clouds will gather around me I know my way 
is rough and steep But beauty is filled Lie just before me Where God's redeemed Their vigils keep I'm going there To see my father I'm going there No more to roam So I'm just going Over Jordan I'm just going Over home I'll soon be free Home earth trials, this body rest in the old churchyard. I'll drop this cross of self denial and go singing in home to God. I'm going there to see my Savior. I'm going there no more to roam. I'm just going over Jordan. I'm just a going. Over oh. I'm just a going over Jordan. I'm just a going over home. I'm just a going.